Hello and welcome back, haters. The boys are back with another episode of You Hate to See It. We talk about all the shows and movies that you love and hate to see. I'm KP, I'm KP and as always, I'm here I'm with the magic man, Mikey, Mikey Dines. What's good, everybody? Mikey Dines finally back. Let's go. Yes, sir. I'm here with the chief hater, a.k.a. Dr. Hate. D-Wild, what's up, baby? What's good, party people? We got a lot to get off the chest today. Hey, and finally, man, we got the movie man, Scotty Scorsese. Tom, what's up, brother? What's going on, folks? And man, we got a we got a hell of an episode for you today because we about to talk about a hell of a TV show, and niggas about to get hella mad on here. We talking about America's favorite new show. We talking about the Bear, man. Everybody, give it up for the Bear, man. Round of applause, man. <laughs> but before we get into it, before we dive into the Bear like a like a fresh, I don't even know what they was cooking. Right. That shit looked good. Like first Sydney's donut. <laughs> a spoiler warning. If you have not binged the bear, please go binge it right now. Go watch it. All episodes are available. There's no excuse. It's a 30-minute comedy. It, it goes by quick. More like a dramedy, right? That's what I'm saying. It feels like a lot more like a drama than a comedy. Like niggas, the niggas don't be having me laughing like that. Like there <laughs> might be an occasional funny thing that is said, but I don't think this is like a comedy, bro. Okay, spoiler warning over. We diving. <laughs> we diving the fuck in. But first, a brief season one recap. A bunch of motherfuckers opened the restaurant. Well, all right. Carmi's brother, Mikey, died. Left the restaurant to Carmi. Carmi put up with these crazy motherfuckers for a whole year and then finally found the gift that his brother left for him which is $300,000 and some tomato cans. And so we start season two with these motherfuckers figuring out what to do with all this money. I think we forgot a very integral piece of the story already. This is season season two, brother. This This is season two, brother. This is where we're now? That's not important? I'm just talking now? What you say? (laughs) What you say? He's just, oh, he's a... This dude that had a restaurant, Mikey, it's his little brother who's going to come in and take 300000 out of some cans and open a restaurant. No, he's Everybody a know that, bro. from New York who's coming back home to Chicago to open his bro- to run his brother's restaurant. Boom. Yes, he is a world-renowned chef. You are, you are correct. He is you watched season two. You, you, hopefully, you picked up on the fact that he is a world-renowned chef. Hopefully. <laughs> but, yeah. So... Let's get into it, man. General thoughts, man. What did you expect coming into season two? What did you want to see? And what did you end up getting? Tom, kick us off. <laughs> I want I got exactly what I want. I wanted to see, just like you said, some cooking. I wanted to see Carmi kind of work through his own, his shit. I want to see everybody else work through this shit and work as a team to go ahead and open up what I think should probably be the best restaurant in the city. In the city, boy. He getting three stars, Tom? Duh, the nigga's a world-renowned chef from New York. He was literally, the, <laughs> this, didn't, this didn't just happen overnight. He's somebody. Hey, He's in Chicago, already a food city. Yeah, like going and going into this season, I, after like I'm pretty sure we were all the same. At least, actually, I think I was the only one. I binge watched the first season within a week, and then 
binge it just in time for the second season to come out and then binge that in a week. So like it was pretty fresh going into uh, going into the uh, second season. I thought I was going to see uh, I don't know. I thought I was going to see more of like Carmi doing his thing in, in the kitchen. I thought I was going to see like more like creativity and it, it was kind of like a little bit a little bit more chaos than I expected. I thought you know we'd get like the character dives and all that. Um but yeah, I thought we'd get we, I thought we were going to get like more Mike, uh, Mikey in this. We only got like one or really two episodes. And when we did, it was like, you know, kind of some snippets. But like, I was excited going in. I will say this might be a hot take. I, I do think the first season was better than the second season. That's, that's just, mm. that's just I, I think, I think. It'd be an incorrect take too, but. <laughs> no, there's no incorrect take. Because if there were, then you would have never had a right. <laughs> but no, yeah, I don't know. The first season for me is like. I think it was because it was it was very new to me. I didn't I had no idea what the bear was about and it kind of drew me into the second season and then knowing what I knew from the first season, some things that didn't happen didn't, when it didn't happen in the second season, I was like, I mean it's still a great season, don't get me wrong. I mean it's still a great television show. But yeah. I, there was just some things that I thought we were gonna see and we just didn't. So but still I loved it. I I feel like like with one big thing from season one to season two and that I liked is that they broadened like the POV characters in in this season, right? It's like when you you know when you read books and they they have that thing where they'll change a chapter and they'll change the perspective and the character that you have in it. I feel like season one was told fully in the realm of like Carmen, right? He was the the only POV character, and so we only saw we saw the other characters through his lens, right? For the most part, this season they really kind of broadened the cast and let other niggas cook right we got to have entire episodes where carmy was not even in it right and you know it was centrally focused on other characters and i really appreciated that it gives a more well-rounded kind of fuller experience to those characters so that hey, when you see that all of did that y'all were hating on that shit yeah, but those okay, characters. Okay, we don't need to POVs. Yeah, those characters were ass. That's the that is the thing. Wow. These ones that's, were, that's, were that's not. wild to say. Hey, but you know, continue to do your thing. That's all I want to say. <laughs> those those niggas were ass characters. If you do it and do it well, that's what we are commending the bear for for doing that and doing it well. And I think they did that well. They they expanded the story and it made every time when you saw them in those group moments even more fulfilling because you know how they are individually. Which is, you know, something that I, you know, we just haven't seen in a while. Sounds like a lot of hate to me. I don't know. Hey, man, you know the name of this pod? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Doctor Hate himself. I wouldn't hey, man. I'm surprised. But yeah, man. So coming into this season, you know, second season, I always feel like, okay, show me what you did the first season, but like do it bigger, do it better. Like you know, you got a little bit more cachet now, so. I want to see. I want to see that budget put to work. I want to see some new faces. I want to see you bringing in some characters from the from the from left field. You know, coming in causing some havoc. I want to see some locations. You know what I'm saying? And I really wanted to see like the bear like working, like the restaurant actually like you know operating because I love the food stuff, man. Like it's literally. Damn, it hurt me when they cut out a lot of the food stuff, man. Because I was like, I'd be watching that shit hungry in the motherfucker. I'd be geeked up. I'd be like, damn, what's it cooking up today? But so, yeah, they kind of, that's really what I wanted to see. But they delivered on most fronts. You know, we didn't get all the cooking, but they dove deep into those characters. 
we went to fucking uh where the fuck was that bro copenhagen copenhagen, copenhagen. we went to copenhagen we was in them nice ass restaurants we got motherfucking bob odenkirk olivia coleman john mulvaney like they went in i got and got some big dogs so i really love the season i can't wait to really get into it with y'all excuse me Jesus Christ. <laughs> I did want to kind of expand on what you were saying. Like, I also, uh, again, going into the season, I thought there would be more cooking. I thought we'd be able to see them cook more. And, like, the way they went about it with, like, the last episode pretty much being the opening night. And what was that? What it was, was this, like, uh, this whole series? That was the that was the family. That was friends and family oh, night. Sorry, it wasn't even opening night. night. Yeah, so from so. the start of the season to the to the last episode, what was that? Like a, uh, like a month and a half time period? Six months, right? Six months. It was over six months. Okay, okay. Never mind. Because really... they said, yeah, they said it was going to take them like eight to nine months, and they couldn't true, wait, true. so they did it. They did it in six months. Is what they is basically what they marched towards. So like, yeah, going in, I thought what would happen, it would be like we'd get the friends and family night like halfway, like that'd be like the mid season finale. You know what I mean? But it says it since it went all the way to the end, it kind of had that. I don't know, kind of had like an undertone of like a mini series this this season because I thought we were going to see them cook, we we're going to see them like thrive, see them like um, like suffer. But yeah, that's like that's like my only hangup is like, like you said, I want to see more. I want to see more of the bear, like showing why he's the bear. No, all you niggas was watching the wrong fucking show or wanted to watch the wrong fucking show. Niggas, go watch Master Chef. Go watch Hell's Kitchen. Go watch Build the Bar or whatever. That's the show. If y'all want to see niggas just fucking... We're in this to get to learn about these characters through the realm of a fucking cooking show, bruh. Like, and I thought that was so much better. Now, season three, my, you know, my hypothesis of that is they're going to get that star and work towards it and it's going to, like, fucking probably destroy most of the characters with the fact that they get it, right? But... Then you'll get plenty of fucking cooking that episode. But I think there was still a, just enough cooking. We went to a, you know, we got the shit with Marcus. We got the fine dining restaurants. We got fucking Tina in culinary school. Like, it wasn't it enough. enough. It wasn't enough cooking. It wasn't enough cooking. Man, y'all niggas need to watch here, Master Chef. See some Gordon. Don't, don't sit here and make it seem like we're watching the wrong show. when We're the ones that was pitching y'all on watching the show to begin with. And now the student has become the teacher. You have lost <laughs> sight. You hey, took man. your eyes off the ball, man. Hey, man. All right, yes, this show is about the characters, but we also trying to see some goddamn food, nigga. And Go it's ahead. not even the cook, because I know this shit's not about food, and I know it's not about the... Because if we're being honest, you can talk about the characters. It's really about the chaos in every single one of their lives, which is why we know the characters are important. And I'm not saying it's not. If you work, I mean, I've never worked in the kitchen before, but my take is apparently that's how shit is in a kitchen. A bunch of fucking lunatics, you know what I'm saying? Kind of maneuvering, like trying to keep the peace as long as we're at work. But in actuality, I got a whole lot of shit going on outside these two doors. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's all I wanted from the show the whole time. And that's exactly what I got. So of course you want to see more cooking or whatever, Mike, like you touched on earlier. You kind of, part of me, which you, I guess, and not saying right or wrong, but what you were saying about um, the friends and family night kind of being halfway through the season, I didn't want that, just like I didn't want, I mean, I hate to revert everything back to secession, but like with secession, I didn't want the takeover to happen midway through the season and then see how everything kind of played out. 
I wanted the whole season to be the come up or like of them building the or not building the bear because don't let Snicker Dante think I want the show to be about building bars. <laughs> I wanted the show to actually be about the bear. Like everybody who's it works at this restaurant and everyone involved in one another's lives at that works at this restaurant and how that plays out. So that was my the full intent, and that's what I think that's what we got. So um, I mean, of course, you obviously want to see more food, but just like you said, when they had the homie Will Poulter and Marcus in, uh, was it Denmark or yeah, yeah, Copenhagen. Yeah, Copenhagen. Um, yeah. What what niggas are arguing is pacing, I think, for the most part. They're making they're sitting here making up pastries and all kind of crazy stuff, and I'm like, I don't. That shit was lit. The whole ad, the whole ad, and it's just, I'm I'm. Scotty Scorsese, uh, Tommy Tarantino, call it whatever you want. I just want to see the camera look, seeing some cool shit all the time. And that's what they gave colors. Um, like just the backdrop, shooting through the city. I got everything I wanted. Yes. So it's not necessarily that I wanted to see just all food or like all construction. It was the whole, the whole concept. I think they, you know what I'm saying? I want to see them build, I don't see them tearing down. Well, that shit don't got nothing to do with me. But it's just the, the entire process of where we saw this thing in. Because season one was, I mean, Mike, you can say it's better in season two. That's your own opinion. But just where it ended and kind of how it jumped into season one episode, I mean, season two, episode one, and just kept that same kind of high intensity. Like, you kind of don't really know what's going on. They kind of kept that going. So, um, no, no, I was, I'm very appreciative of it, but I don't think anyone's necessarily lost lost touch or lost yeah. contact with the show. It was just more so um, how you, what you exactly like you said, just what you wanted more of, and what you intended it uh, giving you based on how last season ended. Yeah, yeah, like nobody's hating yet, and I'm glad you said that. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you said that, Tom, because you know the whole thing about like it's not about the food; it's about you know the bullshit that goes on in these characters that we care about lives. Because you know I make this comparison a lot between the bear and Friday Night Lights. After, like, season one, Friday Night Lights, they barely play football anymore after they win that damn state championship. Like, that shit just becomes, like, about, damn, I hope nothing bad happens to my nigga Matt Saracen. Or, like, damn, like, I hope my nigga uh, Tim Riggins goddamn makes it to college or some shit. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm glad you said that. That's a good, strong parallel. The food show ain't about food. And the football show ain't about football. It's about the friends we make along the way. <laughs> Boo. So let's talk about some of our friends, man. Let, let's start with, you know, no do no disrespect, but small potatoes. Shout out to our girl. You putting the nigga on the show, the small potatoes? Talking about, I'm trying to talk about uh Tina, you know, getting sent to culinary school, man. She's she's oh. like, we mm, fuck with Tina. Small potatoes is what it is, man. So Carmen decides to, well, actually, Sid decides to name Tina as her sous chef. And mm-hmm. this is like some straight up Coach Taylor shit. Like, you're, you're starting next week, son. Like, that's, that's <laughs> and like, I love that. Like, that was like episode one. And I was like, okay, they, they tugging them heartstrings already. Yeah. So. We see Carmi like, you know, trying to get his troops together. He's like, so Sid wants to, you know, go for a Michelin star. So, all right, man, let's go send these, let's send these bums to motherfucking training camp like you do on right. 2K. <laughs> What's cool about like the Tina thing is because well, you can tell like just her character arc from the first season, the second season, you can tell like 
no one has ever really cared or like backed her up. Like she's never ever felt confident about doing anything, which is why she was acting how she was in the first season. And now like whenever she cooks a dish and someone's like, Oh, it's brilliant chef. Thank you. Like you just see the glow on her face. And it's like, it was like, she finally fell in to what she loved. And it just goes to show you, no matter how old you are, you can, you can find what you love to do at any age. And the fact that like, the way she goes about things now, the way like she has bought into the system, it's like I don't know. Like whenever I see her smile, I'm like, yeah, that's my bitch. I fucking love seeing that. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like, no, that that shit warmed your heart, shit. man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's some, it's a good shit. It's good shit. So I'm, I'm just glad she finally bought in, and it just goes to show you, like, when you when you invest in people around you and things like that, like the good that can come from it. Like that's she's just a prime example of that. Hey, all right. Yeah, I love that. Rose and, Rose and Thorn, though, before we get too mushy-gushy. The Tina karaoke scene. Y'all was fucking with that? <laughs> no, I didn't care about that. That's, 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 the, that's, the, that's the equivalent of a, a Ted Lasso for you. Yeah. The Ted Lasso type scene. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, that's nice, I guess, but next. <laughs> I, was, I was a little. I was like, bitch, you was 50 years old. Your kids are... Why are you in the bar with these kids, bro? <laughs> like, bitch, if you don't go home... <laughs> Alright, so then we got Ibra. Ibra's the man, you know, the sandwich man. He be working on the... What he be working? He be working on the motherfucking... The he meat. was working... Yeah, the sandwiches oh. or something. I think, I think with... I think the Ibra storyline is probably my one gripe with the season because mm. I feel like there was just a lot that they left unanswered or un untouched here. Like they kept, they kept coming back to him and hinting at him, but never actually gave you any real context around what was going on with him. And just like kind of left you to, I don't know, assume whatever. And then but he like, got let back in at the end. And then he got, yeah. And then he just got let back in and nothing happened. And I'm like, what the fuck i was like so it was like you 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 like built this shit up and then like nothing happened from it so i thought that was kind of a waste of you know even though it was a minor plot line i was like you still probably put you know 10 minutes of content into us wondering where the fuck is ebra every couple episodes and then just all of a sudden he just gets to come back and like you know everything's good and that nigga you know forgot to do his serve safe simplification which also they fixed like two minutes later they were like yeah he's just gonna take an online course we're like okay it's just it you know everything with ebra just seemed very like for oh. everything else that was well-intentioned this was kind of like haphazardly after the fact i agree with that handled i don't 100 percent disagree but devil's advocate they did the same thing with richie last year last season they kept alluding to the fact like yo why is richie's like relationship with everybody so why does nobody like trust rich richie and you found out this season was because, like, he just half-asses it. Well, you kind of, just like you said, they kind of allude to it, just like you, they kind of allude to Ibra, like, uh, uh, immigrant, like, working here. Like, I know you just wanted this job to provide for your family, whatever the case may be, just a job, just to have a job. But now that there's rules and, like, things we have to do and we're trying to make something of it, that's not your speed, so you're not going to play play the game with us. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they kind of allude to it on his end, but they did the same thing with Richie last year. Which is why this season's better. (laughs) I'm just saying that I think they did that intentionally with Ibra um, here, just like they kind of did with, I mean, we can kind of talk about this a little bit later, but with the relationship between Sid and Carmi, 
like they kind of allude to a lot of stuff there. They allude to stuff all the time without saying it because I think as well written as the show is, I think they're saving it to do something bigger down the line. Yeah. I feel like they, we put all the layers back with Ebro. I mean, I can't. Yeah, we don't. We, I was like, we don't need to save shit on the Ebro storyline. Yeah. 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 He's an integral piece. I'm just saying they don't. There's been other instances where they just kind of allude to certain things about characters rather than telling you. You know what I'm saying? Putting it all on the plate and serving it up fresh. No, like here, I got I got the Ebra piece right here, man, because, you know, Ebra, he's an old, old school, you know, he just want to, you know, serve his old school sandwiches, be on his way. And, you know, in the city, there's a lot of change happening. You know, we're trying to become a Michelin star restaurant. We trying to, this is like a part of the city. We had the guys on the block. They were trying to move off the block. You know, they was building the sweet green in the neighborhood. Niggas like Ebra don't exist no more. You know what I'm saying? They don't have the, like, the bear, the beef is gone. Like we, it's literally gentrification. And so when Eber comes back, it's like, okay, we still got a spot for you, for the old heads in the neighborhood and the bear, because you know they're thinking, and like we could kind of talk about this later. But like as the menu kind of develops throughout the season, and then Carmen comes in at the end, he's like, nah, fuck it, man, we going with these, you know, some old school classics that represent my childhood type shit. Then we bring Ebra back, you know. Look, this still the bear still has some soul, so that's why I thought it was cool that they brought Ebra back at the end. But I'm that's not mad they brought him back at all. I just thought, I just thought like his character arc for this season it was just, you know, I could, I could have done without it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they could have. I just think it could have been better because, and like, that's in comparison. Yeah, that's that's in comparison to everything else that they did. Yeah. Exceptional. Like I said, it was my one gripe with the season in times of, you know, in terms of that, like, Hey, maybe you could have cut out Tina's fucking singing scene and trying to hang out with that and giving me some actual more fulfilling story on Ebra. You know, if you were going to come back and kind of do, you know, do that for that's real. All right. So let's talk about, let's talk about a star of the show. My nigga Lionel of loiter squad. Marcus. (laughs) Nigga. Loiter squad. No, <laughs> you know he's oh he's used to be in Our Future. He was on the Tyler. Oh, I know what Loiter yes. Squad is, but I just never watched it. Yeah, he was on Loiter Squad. That's Lionel. But um, yeah, oh, that's him for the actor. Yeah. Oh, word. <laughs> yeah, I did hear that he was in Our Future. Yeah, yeah, that nigga's that nigga's nice. So yeah, my nigga Marcus, man, gets his own little solo episode, episode four. And this was like the episode where I was like, okay, they they cooking with some extra extra hot that ninety three octane gas this this season. <laughs> niggas in Copenhagen, everything looking scenic. This niggas making exquisite desserts. So let, right. let's talk a little bit about our guy Marcus, man, because we find out a lot about him this season. So so what we what we think about Marcus's arc throughout this season, specifically episode four, though. I will say this about Marcus, just based off what I've seen from. Obviously, this in last season, A1 guy seems like it. I mean, just what he's going through. We learn what he's gone through with his mom. Mm-hmm. One that he's very present, very loving, very caring. And we see him trying to interact with Sid. And, uh, I mean, that, that whole thing's all awkward. I feel, I kind of feel bad for, for Marcus on that end. Uh, but, um, but no, I mean, like, it's crazy how, again, 
what he said he started he started uh chefing up like two years ago and he's already as good as he is so the kid clearly has talent and, we, and also we get one of the funniest scenes with him at like the very end when he's uh when he catches old buddy smoking crack in the alley that, that's fucking wild <laughs> i think i gotta fire you bro like, yeah. like, uh, he's like uh, no nah, man he's like no nah, man go check go check yeah <laughs> you are a crack head bro. <laughs> Marcus had a had a great season, great character development, in in my opinion. So I'm, I'm definitely team Marcus. Gotta be. All right, so let's let's talk about it since you ain't bring it up. Marcus is dealing with some issues at home, man. And you know Yeah, well his I mean, well his mom is like, you know, yeah, like not a- his mom's got cancer, she's in hospice, like in home hospice care, right? Yeah, and I heard this on a pod. But they were talking about how last season, you know, Marcus was so obsessed with that stupid ass donut. All due respect, man. Look, <laughs> you making a, if you making them fucking donuts, they're in a fucking lunch rush. I'll, I'll snap on your ass too. But yeah. so Marcus was like so obsessed with that, um, with the donut, and like it made this person on the pod like wonder if that was just like kind of like an obsessive like part of his personality, and like kind of like the food industry kind of like attracts that people, but. You know, he kind of he's like the same kind of way about his mother. He's like, you know, let me know if anything happens, which is perfectly understandable. But you can just see that the donut was really just kind of like a way to take his mind off what was going on at home. And like food is like that escape for him. So really cool. Really cool. We always rooting for Marcus. But yeah. damn, yeah, this episode was crazy. Had my son Will Poulter in there. Yes, that nigga was crazy, bruh. And I love how he was, like, he was alluding to, he was like, hey, I, I picked up cooking and started doing it quick and then thought I was fine, and then I met another chef that knew I wasn't asking. Yeah, all right, here, let's talk about, about Carmi and shit, and I was like, let's oh, talk about shit. This. So Carmi getting everybody little internships at every fire restaurant in the world. In fact, everybody knows that Carmi is, is the GOAT. And this nigga is the best young chef or whatever, been at the best restaurants. Why the fuck isn't Axios Chicago putting the bear in their fucking newsletter, man? Why isn't this the fucking biggest news in the city? I'm just saying, why was it? Why was it so hard for him to hire people too? I was like, damn, nigga, you ain't got no clout to get no nobody want to come work for you. Everyone, everyone around the world knows this nigga except for people in Chicago. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> that's what's wild. Like, when you, when you put it like that, like if this was happening down the street. You know Axio Charlotte would be at that place would be wrapped around the corner. Yes. Like, that's kind of crazy that you think about one, it. One one TikTok and that shit would be booked out for three months, bro. Oh, literally one TikTok. Carmen Brazado's opening the bear in, the, in River North Chicago and I got this and this and this. Boom, easy. Exactly. It's a plot hole. I don't, I don't know. That was that was it. What was you saying, Tom? No, nah, I just think it was just like you said, it's he's not I wouldn't say doesn't have clout, but like, yeah, he was a chef in New York. He came back home. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I'm not a famous person. I have no, I don't have clout like that. But like, when you go back home, people going to treat you like you back home. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just home, bro. Like, all right, cool. You did that thing in New York. Yeah, you back here though, aren't you? You know what I'm saying? Oh, you, oh, you working at your brother's restaurant. So yeah, they know they're not putting his name in no newspaper. They want to see what he does. I do think there's probably my assumption is that's what season three is going about. Like, he's actually going to pop season three. It's going to cause some rifts within the group. We can talk about that shit later. But I think they intentionally, like, he's not supposed to be a guy. He was a guy. He is a guy. 
<laughs> That's no. the thing. It's different. He's a normal guy. If he was just a normal regular Joe, but he is him. He is the guy. You know, yeah, he's supposed you know to. Be they know him as they. Everybody knows him as Mikey's brother. He was in New York, and his family didn't let him touch none of that food. Where he was pouring wine for mom. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not. He was just the guy. So my assumption is they just want that was just them reemphasizing it. Like he's just a dude that's back home. He's not trying to make any noise about it. He's not trying to draw attention to the beef. He's obviously now he's trying to get some more attention at the bear, but like it was never meant to be like a a coming home, like, oh, Carmi's home. It wasn't this wasn't one of those. This wasn't a a grand welcome at all. Uh, I I mean I mean, the nigga's still a great chef and people like good food. I mean, yeah. <laughs> homie, is, chef, you're not going to come in and like just come and try his food. I mean, you know, it's not oh, bad. Was, you know, it's going to be the best in the world. He was literally like all jokes aside, like he was working at a sandwich shop. If right, if final market up the street here in Nota got like some world renowned chef working in the back of the kitchen there, just some random dude from Charlotte. I'm pretty sure if it's the same menu and you're just serving the same stuff we were getting before, they're probably going to treat you pretty regular. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's like that nigga Gordon Ramsay just started working at a sandwich shop, right? Like, what a fucking Gordon Ramsay? Gordon Ramsay made a sandwich. That nigga at Common Market, nigga. Guess who going to Common Market? <laughs> I don't mean, that's just me though. I don't know. Emphasize the Carmi's back home. He's just a dude from you know up the street, and that's what this was. Yeah. If you do make a buzzing restaurant, does any how does any of this other stuff play out? Because if that if they do make this a bigger restaurant, this whole uh Sid's probably still working there. Marcus not working there. Ebra's not working there. Tina's gone. They're just gonna get some. Yeah. Yeah. Just gonna get some chefs. So, yeah. like I said, I think it was meant to for him to just be like, yo, it's just a guy. Because yeah, if they had they had gassed it up, it would be a whole different show. Yeah, because. I kind of heard this on another pod too, but in a way, like like this show is like it's realistic just because of the relatability of the emotional issues that everyone goes through. But as far as like the kind of cooking part of it, it's kind of just like make believe, almost like a fantasy. Like, okay, we love Marcus, but that nigga's not becoming the greatest pastry chef in the world in fucking two weeks at Noma. It's just not happening. Right. Like Richie's not becoming the fucking goat of hospitality and turning over a new leaf after six weeks working at at, um, at a cool restaurant. Like, I'd love to see it, but it ain't happening like that. Yeah, I don't know. That mm-hmm. nigga Ricky he, or whatever turned his whole life around. Right. Oh, boy, that, that, that shit really changed his life. Found his purpose at 45, bro. Yeah. After a week of stodging. We go there, and it was so beautiful because in the episode right before, we see Rick, Rich, yeah, Richie at a very low point. Yeah. The episode that probably provided the most buzz of the season. Yeah. We're talking about fishes. Episode six. The Brazado family Christmas of five years ago. So I gotta ask, man, what do we think about this? Like, did the the casting? There were stars all over the place. There I mean, there was just white people yelling everywhere. I mean, like, what do we think? I was terrified. <laughs> that shit gave me high blood pressure, bro. That shit was like, that shit was so chaotic. Like, I was like, God, damn. I was really like that, like that meme where it's like, damn, bitch, you live like this. 
like, like, like kind of crazy. I was like, I see why this nigga be having panic attacks and shit. If this is the, this is what you got to deal with all the time, bro. And they just acting like that shit is fucking normal. Like, because the way they start the episode, you know, out on the, just like taking a step outside and, you know, getting a smoke break and just mm. chilling and just like, Hey, just like, don't ask her that it's going to ramp it up. And then we step inside from that piece of outside to like pure chaos right as you step into that house and into that kitchen bro it's just such a such a shock and i think they do really good of like just juxtaposing those two things like even when richie goes upstairs for a second to check on on tris and everything and it's like oh you see how it's really quiet at one moment and it goes immediately back into this like pure chaos yeah this that episode Gave me straight anxiety. Like I couldn't, I could yeah. not live like that. If that was how my family was, I wouldn't be coming home for holidays. Um. Like that's just—it's too much. And I, I loved how we kind of get like a mirror representation. How Mikey is pretty much the exact same person as her mom. Like Mikey uh, is dealing with substance abuse. Their mom's clearly an alcoholic, clearly crazy, and got issues. He's also like bipolar. Um, yeah, like, like yeah, he's, he's got issues and like. From all that, a beautiful butterfly was able to sprout his wings and just like he, uh, Carmi. <laughs> that nigga has crippling anxiety. That nigga has crippling anxiety and fucking. Yeah, I was like, one of the greatest chefs of all time. Yeah, like it like, goes like this because he's having oh, chest pains, <laughs> nigga. That nigga not just say it. I'm sorry. He's having heartburn, bro. <laughs> I don't think you, you're not you're not understanding what I'm saying. We go we gonna like, talk about it at the fi- finale, but that nigga is not okay, bro. <laughs> it could be worse. He could be not be one of the greatest chefs of all time. No, I mean, what you, what you mean? like he, that environment bred made him into the chef he is. That's what yeah, I'm saying. That's the Obviously, he's got his issues and anxiety and his own mental health issues. But from all that, all that shit he experienced, he's still able to be the top chef that one of the best uh, restaurants in the world. His brother didn't do that. His sister didn't do that. So that's what I'm saying. That's what y'all are. I don't think that's what you're processing. Let's just say, hey, man, it ain't, it ain't like he coming from, from the mud or nothing. It's no, not like, I was saying, he is middle class, bro. <laughs> I was like, nigga. White, though. Good, good white middle class family. Sure, they was a little chaos. Now, it definitely puts in perspective why that nigga be like, oh, the kitchen is nothing new to this nigga. Because I was like, damn, if you grew up with that shit, shit in a restaurant seemed chill at that point. <laughs> yeah, it had to. <laughs> Uh, when the fucking head chef be yelling in his ear, like, oh, you ain't shit, uh, you, you a piece of crap. Like, all that shit, right, man, please. I hear that, motherfucker. <laughs> at Christmas dinner. That's like, yeah, nigga, that's just Tuesday at that point. <laughs> yeah, literally fast. But so, what, what do we think about, about the casting, man? Did, did the casting, like, take you out of, like, the bear zone at all? Because I did hear a lot of people were like, Oh shit, nigga, that's Jamie Lee Curtis. That ain't nobody's mom. Or like, oh, that's Bob. You know what I'm saying? Like, did that kind of like take you out of the zone at all, or were you just kind of locked in? Not at all. I mean, I think the uh, when it first happened, because just to allude back to what Dante was mentioning before, when they first walked in the house, I don't remember who the first person we saw was, but it was literally like. Within the first two minutes of the episode, I literally hit the group and sent y'all the three red air horn sirens at episode six because mm-hmm. it was literally like they walk in the house. You got Odenkirk, you got Sarah Paulson, you got, you know what I'm saying, John Mulvaney, you got uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in the kitchen screaming at, at Sugar, telling all Sugar wants to know is, hey, mom, you need some help. Is there anything I can do to help you? And she's sitting there losing her mind already. So I was like, okay, that's where it's going to start. 
the first thing that got me was more so uh, once we saw all those characters, I was kind of wondering like, all right, is this going to be, is this going to be a bear episode or is this going to be somebody that's going to try to, to steal the show and try to make their moment? So I was kind of worried that they were going to give each person like some kind of monologue or like give them their time to shine and um, kind of prove like, oh, this is this is why they got Jamie Lee Curtis. This is why they got Sarah Paulson. Um, and I think uh, John Mulaney, like he was able to get his shit off. Um, that, nigga, the- that nigga was the winner of that episode, bro. That speech, bro. <laughs> and chef's kiss. Impeccable, bro. Oh, yeah. Stevie, Stevie was acting his ass off in that one. And then um, was I mean obviously um, I was about to say Frank. Is, that's not Frank Grillo. What's is it Frank Grillo? I always get Frank Grillo and uh, what's name mixed up. The, the other dude who's probably what I'm talking about. But either way, Mikey. Um, you know what I'm saying? Everybody kind of got there. I was everybody. Barenthal, yeah. I, J- Frank Grillo and John Barenthal always get confused. But nonetheless, um, I was just worried that every like prominent actor so to speak that kind of made their guest appearance was going to get like too long of a monologue and then it was just going to kind of take away from the story but they it was very uh tight-knit they didn't um like i said Mulaney got his shit off um barenthal got a him and, and bob odenkirk got their moment and i definitely thought he was about to throw that uh fork through that nigga's forehead but um, he did throw for the most part, I mean, like he they, did throw that shit. Yes, yeah, so no, 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 you're missing my point. I mean, throw that shit through his forehead. Oh, and like right? kill that nigga. Like yeah. he killed that. Yeah. I didn't think he was gonna hit an eyeball at some point and like fuck that nigga up. But that's what I think this show does so well. Because even in previous episodes, and I'll just use uh, on a completely different scale. But follow me. Uh, the episode with Marcus, with him and. Uh, I forget Will Poulter's character, but when they were in the kitchen, um, like working, like just kind of going back and forth talking, I thought it was going to, you were going to get like a chef moment where he was just going to be a complete dickhead and just mm-hmm. not fuck with Marcus and then kind of build the relationship back up. But he was real cool, bro, from the go. Like, I want you to get better. I'm not going to like yeah. baby you, but like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm here because I know what it's like to be in your shoes, that type of situation. Yeah. So I like them showing that too in the Marcus episode, like a slow down, like not every chef has to be a dick. Like you can do this different ways because I think we've established that like Marcus doesn't do well in environments where yeah. he is like berated and yelled at. Right. It just, cause like that shit happened with Carmi and then he just like dipped out for like three or four days. Right. And then just came back and didn't say a word about it. So it's like, I think, they set him up for success by sending him to work under someone who they knew would like, wouldn't do that too. But I think it also showed that like, Hey, like a a healthier relationship in in terms of how being, you can nurture someone's like interest and and get them interested in and expand their knowledge on shit. Yeah, that's a good point. And you know, that goes back to, you know, Carmi kind of, you know, knowing his troops, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay, Marcus needs like a gentle hand. I'm going to go send it to my boy over there in Noma where he can, you know, be like spread his wings and, you know, goddamn come up with some cool desserts, be inspired. Yeah. Richie needs order, so I'm going to send him to fucking boot camp, cleaning forks, learning nice. how to fucking be a real fucking uh, server, servant, front of house, host, whatever the fuck you want to call yeah. it. Manager, but, stage, whatever, yeah. Yeah, you know, like like when Mike was saying earlier, you know, like how that uh how that fire, you know, bred a bred an animal and Carmen, the fire forged uh iron 
you know, that kind of helped this like leadership, like, oh, okay, so I see my mom, I've been through every, you know, culinary kind of thing. I've had dickhead chefs. How am I going to handle and support all these people in a way that leaders in my life haven't done? And, you know, this is just kind of him kind of figuring that out. And of course it doesn't end the best, but we do see, you know, in the last episode, the restaurant is running smoothly but he's locked up. So, I mean, it did kind of work. It didn't work out for him, but for, you know, professionally, it does work. I'm saying, all I'm saying is Marcus would have folded if he was a, um, if he was a, a bear or whatever. What's, what's your last name? Berzada. If Marcus yeah. was a Berzada, I think it would have folded a long time ago. Yeah, that family, I mean, that just made, I think that episode, though, episode six, the fishes episode, made everything click. Like for real, like I really, after seeing that episode, I understood, like I understood Richie. I understood Carmi. I understood Nat. I understood Mikey. Like, you know, I, I just got that family so much more. And then it really like, like, because I think, you know, they just alluded to like, these people have had challenges and they're chaotic and they're struggling with this and that. And through one episode, you can kind of extrapolate like, damn, that, like that is what they grew up with. And so led them to the points, you know, and where they are now. And I think so, that really was like a missing piece that we didn't have. It's also wild because it's like everyone wants to be a part of this family. Like they were like they were complaining. They were uh, Richie and someone else and uh and Fat was it Faz was saying like, oh, well, I'm a cousin. Like yeah, you're a cousin, but you're not like I'm how I'm a cousin. Like, <laughs> like everyone wants to be a part of this family. Do we ever figure out what happens to uh, their dad? Like. Is he, is he just like a deadbeat dead? Like what's, I don't what's think up? they said, but it looks like some of the uncles is, was hitting their mom at some point. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, I was a little confused and, by yeah, that. I was, I was like, dynamic. Bob, Oden, Bob Odenkirk seemed like he was being real chummy with, with oh, Donna. Was, and I was like, I was like, are you not an uncle? Uncle like, Lee is hitting that. That's probably why he had so much pressure with Mikey. I, that's what I was thinking. Because, like, yeah. you know, he probably felt like he should have been, like, the man at the house, like, sitting at a table type shit. Mikey's over there, you know, telling his story type shit. And Odenkirk's like, man, fuck your story, nigga. We probably heard that. <laughs> You know what I'm hey, saying? Yeah. But, yeah, man. So, crazy episode. It gave a lot of insight. kind of reminded me of that succession episode where we kind of learn about, like, oh, shit. That, this is why these niggas are who they are. I forget which episode that shit was, which maybe isn't the best thing. But on episode season one, episode seven, when you finally met the mom overseas before shit's wedding, you were like, Oh, mm-hmm. you don't know the rollout of this last season. Yeah. Right. I was just like, damn, I look at all these people that, you know, are just like around them and like it's no wonder these kids came up to be as shisty as they are. Right. But they give us fishes. The mom drives through the motherfucking door. Insanity. Insanity. insanity like what if somebody was in that room they would have been dead <laughs> Straight up. this is just like another christmas for them it's not like this is just oh that's the one where mom fucking <laughs> through the door it's not like it's not like the craziest one probably you know what i'm saying but they follow that up with the best sports movie of the year i'm talking forks nigga Yes, this nigga bitchy, man. I got a take to get off, and it's probably not even a hot take. But this episode is the quickest I ever seen someone going from a nigga. I just, I mean, look, I, 
Richie cool. Like he not cool, but like you know, like, okay, he, what? He, like he funny. That's funny, yeah. Oh, nigga, after this episode, this nigga is one of the greatest TV characters. It really makes you want to root for him. Like I'm saying, this this episode, I've I've really never, like you said, so quickly made you go from like a nigga that you're like, maybe you're you're on the fence about, or like you're even like you don't care with him and he's just like dysfunctional and fucking shit up. Because they kind of presented him in a way where he's, always dysfunctional and fucking well, shit up because he is yeah it, because he is yeah he, he has no purpose he's just trying to fit you know fit in 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 places where he's not needed right and he's always just leading to discourse and then you finally see him like you know take that turn and start to you know realize that this is bigger than himself like when that nigga had to be walked outside uh and talk to the and the dude the manager was like look Bro, you need to you need to show respect. I don't care if it's fucking you're just here shining shining forks. Like you gotta be respectful and have some fucking respect in your damn self. You said respect yourself, and Rich is like shit, nigga. Let me put this suit on. Yeah. That nigga turned into motherfucking uh whenever SpongeBob uh <laughs> was at the <laughs> whenever they had the, the fine dining night. Yes, sir. That, that nigga, nigga turned up. That nigga Richie was going crazy. That nigga ran down the street to Pequods. Me and Tom just made that walk. That shit ain't that shit ain't ain't fucking close, nigga. <laughs> nigga, that shit was a hell of a walk. So hey man. Richie. Yeah. Rich Richie's a, a curious case in, in television character history just because literally not not even an episode ago, I was just thinking this nigga is a bum. <laughs> he literally is saying like he has no skills. He just fucks up everything. And who would have thought begging for that, a job? Like, but right, like he's begging, begging for a job. For a job. Wow, he he's like, got a girl pregnant. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's four. I was like, damn, it'd be understandable if a nigga was like 19 or 20 begging for a job. And you just got a girl pregnant. You are 40 doing this. What did you do the last 40 years? Like. <laughs> Or for at least the past for five years, but yeah, it's just because I don't I don't know what it is, but I've never seen a man turn his life around like that in a week, like Richie did. Like, where did all these suits from? I know he can't afford those suits. Where did he get those? Like hit K and G fashion, man. Come on. Hey, he's looking clean in them suits. Them shits like Taylor. Look, they look like like a couple thousand dollar suits. He just got the slim fit version. Yeah, he was still wearing fucking boots with them. Like if you if you pay attention, he was. I think he was not wearing dress shoes, bro. Eagle eyed Dante. But yeah, man, this was that shit was like one of the most feel good episodes I ever had. Like even like when he driving back, you listening to Taylor Swift. He doing jumps over the fucking like curb and shit. I was like, man, hell fucking yeah! And he's like getting up earlier and earlier each day. I just thought oh, it was, I, I, yeah. When we noticed he was like beating the alarm before it came up, um, like for some reason, even like I, I never thought like so like I said, I didn't think I'd care about anything this nigga did, but like I, I even started to hurt for him when his girl was like, yeah, so and so proposed to me. He was like, well, what'd you say? As like. Old Richie would have flipped out, would have said, fuck that motherfucker. This has been, like, probably shot, shot up a place. But that's just character growth right there. I was like, I respect that, man. I, I know what? I'm rocking with you now. I'm rocking with you. So. She said, nothing's going to change between us. And he's like, that's awesome. With all the pain <laughs> that I felt from, I was like, damn. I was like, just absolutely gutted from, from that statement. Because he feels like he's 
finally starting to get his life around and find his purpose. And he's starting to like, you know, turn a new leaf and start a new chapter. And maybe he can rekindle things. You know, he's trying to be a better father. He's getting his house. Like he literally, when he physically cleans his apartment, like you see how he's kind of Before he left, applying, yeah. Yeah, applying the things that like, oh, I'm getting my work life in order. Let me get my like personal life in order. And then he gets hit with, you know, like buy a truck with the fact that, oh, he's still fucked up for the last 40 something years. And this is I something that he can't fix. In the, in the case of Richie, I think hits home the most is, is because he had a very dysfunctional life, but we can see him as a character, why his life was so dysfunctional. It was like literally him getting in his own way. And it's, it, it kind of, if you, if you take it back, take a step back and realize Richie could literally be all of us. You know what I mean? If you take the right steps to and put your best foot forward to try to be better, you can see the tangible outcomes of like how your life becomes better. And we see that with him, like you said, waking up before his alarm, playing his apartment, uh, taking his job seriously. And that all leads to him being a, being a better person to be around. His confidence is better. And then we get in the last episode, he was like, I'll do it. Like when he call, call out the, uh, the numbers and, and the order times. Like, like an opportunity like that, that shows like, all right, I'm rocking with it. He went literally went from a person I didn't care about to probably one of my favorite characters in like two episodes. That was, it was just crazy. Yeah. He, had a, he had a Jamie Lannister arc in 30 minutes. It's like, it's crazy because at, at you, as you end the season, Richie is the one that's holding that shit together while Carmi's locked in a fridge and Sydney's outside puking her guts out because she's looking at a ticket master and freaking out. So it's like the two key most influential people are the ones that are actually fucked and everybody else around them are the ones that are like now holding their weight when like all of season one was the opposite. Right. Yeah, everybody know. else was like impeding them. And now they're the people that are kind of being the, the different up. parties and fucking up. Right. You, yeah. you guys keep at the end when when Richie was like uh, when Carmen was locked in the fridge, he he was like, you even come home to uh, um, for your brother's funeral. I'm the one that had to put him in the ground. Yeah. I, that shit. I, I just like little nuggets like that. You realize like who Richie is. And even when I heard that, I'm like, all right, so maybe I should have been rocking with this dude like a while ago. Not really, actually. Bro. He was crazy, but he was a loyal guy, right? Go ahead, Tom. No, I was just saying, I never didn't fuck with Richie. I mean, he's, it's just like any other, just like you said, Mike, any other character from a TV show that you like, that was a guy that constantly got in his way. You know what I'm saying? Fortunately for this one, you get to see, uh, only the good, like, okay, watch, I've seen you fuck it up the whole time, but now I get to see, like, a, a exponential growth. But, like, think about it. I mean, just off the top, Kendall Roy and uh, Tony Soprano, their whole thing was just them constantly getting in their own way. But guess what? We watch every week. Why? Because it's entertaining. You want to see how he's going to fix it? Because he's going to get in his own way, and he's going to fix it. He's going to get in his own way. It's going to get really bad. You count him out. He's not going to bounce back. Then he does. And then it's just a repeated cycle. So, granted, like I said, we didn't see that cycle with Richie, but you can tell that that's been his, uh, like his experience up to this point, like just someone who's constantly, constantly fumbling the bag. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was beneficial to see that, but. I feel like we all know a guy like, like Richie too. I was just gonna say that. I was gonna say mm -hmm. we, like everybody, you know, we all, we all know a Richie, but I mean, like that's your version of Richie. Like you don't like, like I don't like your Richie. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> Richie probably pissed me the hell off, you know what I'm saying? But but my Richie, man, you know what I'm saying? I, that nigga could do whatever, man. Like, I still love him, you know? So it's just like that, you know? So hell of an we, episode. I we think. all know a nigga specifically that crashed on the couch that is like Richie. <laughs> 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 but, um, um, yeah, man, this, is, this is my favorite episode of The Bear. Just of the whole series, man. Just straight up, bar none. I thought this took him to a whole new level. I didn't know they were capable of. So, bravo to the bear for that one. So, that was episode seven. Before we get to the finale, there's some things that happens. There's a a Claire situation. Do we fuck with Claire? No. Yes. Niggas are anti-Claire. My issue with Claire is because, first of all, who the fuck is this chick? Who is she? Evidently, she's oh, great. She's, there she's is so, his so childhood cool. best friend. His childhood best friend that had a glow up and became I, a doctor. I get, that. <laughs> I get that. But in the sense of the story that we know, like, why should we care about her? All she, all we she's know is she's taking, she's taking focus from Carmi opening a restaurant. And that's essentially it. We got this girl got dropped on us, and now we have to. We've been being told, "Oh, she's so great. She's so great." Okay, yeah, she's an ER doctor. Okay, so that why is she great? Like literally, what like what has she done for us, the audience of you? What makes her so great? And we don't get any of that. She's just a pretty girl. Not, well, she's all right. I'd be like, she's a girl that's in love with Carmi, and that's it. That's her character arc. That's fine, but she's she keeps him at peace. She gives, she motivates him without actually physically having to motivate him. She, you know what I'm saying? Little things. Like, it's exactly what anyone like calls fair to space. She's a, a girl that he likes and it works. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I guarantee you had, she's obviously posed some distraction. Not going to dispute that. Uh, but you're saying like, oh, what is she, what is she doing? Like, she's not impeding the progress of them opening this restaurant in any way, shape or form. She what did she bring to the show? Nope, she just be wanting to know what's on. She's be trying to get in the loop. Bro, Mike, Mike, like, because her, her man's, because Carmi needs to be at peace. I'm sick of seeing that nigga so anxious, bro. It makes me anxious. As an anxious, seeing somebody else that's that anxious, literally, I like, guess it's, it's hard to watch. So having someone else come in, and I don't mean hard to watch, like I don't like the show, just like it's hard to see someone else it's go tough. through like oh, yeah. that, that kind of anxiety. Yeah. So like to see her come in and like be any kind of piece, I don't need her to come in and drop gems. We can have somebody else for that. I just need you to come in and keep my uh, my man's between the lines so we can go ahead and get this restaurant open. And that's what she did. The only rips came with everybody, I won't say everybody else, but Sid and just other like small things were happening. And he would be like, oh, well, Claire. And then people are like, all right, well, is this Claire's fault? It's not Claire's fault. He just has to work on managing that relationship and stop trying to, I won't say cold shoulder her, but like act like he don't really care because he's got other shit going on. We know you got other shit going on. She knows you got other shit going on. That's some work that you're going to have to put in. But you can't blame it on her and everybody else trying to point at her as if she's the problem because he's acting different isn't fair either. I don't know. Yeah. He was using a little cop out. But my thing that I'll say at Claire is like, bro, think about your own relationship with your own girls, bro. If you try to like if you tried to like write down a list of the shit that you do for your girl and the shit that she does for you, nine times out of ten, the list of tangible, like tangible things. <laughs> niggas, niggas, stay with me here. Stay with me here. <laughs> if y'all try to, if y'all try to write that, write down that list of like tangible physical things that you can see with your eyes, 
like the list of things that a man does is probably going to be longer because you're doing things that are easily able to be seen and be noticed what a, what your girl is providing from you like okay, providing so for you is like hard to put into words and hard to describe and i think that is what claire is doing like this <laughs> you know like that's what tom is talking about like she's getting that nigga encouraged motivated confidence right so i like claire through the realm of what she does for carmy like claire as like a claire as like her own character in the story is like eh but like it's it's like she's she's okay she's a nice girl she yeah she's there she's a nice girl like she's cool she's there she's there to help to help carmy and it's like right we can't want our own fucking main character to be fucking happy like that's what she's. Want she's that. I, mean, I gotta like her. Here's not a good <laughs> why? Why does that make you dislike her? Is what I'm saying. Right? She's not a good character. She offers nothing to the. She offers nothing to the show. I she literally like, like, oh, Claire's the best. That's oh. literally it. You give you gonna be a nigga piece. The least you can do is understand that the nigga lashing out when he locked in a motherfucking freezer on opening night. You can nigga, nigga. Did you hear that voicemail, bro? Did you hear that? He said he don't give a fuck after he already gave her a fake number. He gave her a fake number. This man was good though. Like they was already rocking at that point. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm talking about locked in, and she's like, "Carmi, I'm out of here." Like, bitch, I'm locked in the freezer, dog. What you want me to do? Hey, maybe, maybe not blame all your problems on me. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe that's the only thing that, you, like, we not gonna act like Carmi ain't fuck up by saying, "Yeah, I'm a fucking psycho." Like, uh, Claire fucked my shit up. That nigga was constantly blaming her for shit. That was not her fault. That was your fault for like not fucking prioritizing shit. And that was his problem. That's why they spent a whole episode like, hey, is this your girlfriend? And Sydney's like, Sydney was like kind of being a little jealous. And I'm like, bitch, stay in your lane. You are not his girl. Like, but, but also like he, he was also fucking around because he was like, bro, like this woman clearly means something to you. So be intentional about that and do something about it and stop like just dicking around with your with your priorities. I think he was just trying to push a lot of blame off to her that should have been on himself. That nigga's busy being the greatest chef in the world. <laughs> in the while he's locked in the freezer because that nigga didn't call the fridge guy for five episodes. You don't, gotta, you don't see, you don't see Pat Mahomes' wife out here talking talking crazy like Oh, Pat. <laughs> actually, no, nah, she'd be wild. Man. That's like, yeah, I was like, she actually be fucking shit up. Claire, not like, doing that. I was like, whatever. We're going to make a whole spiel on it, but yes or no. Is season one Carmi getting this? Season one Carmi, like mental state. I'm talking about negate Claire, the same Carmi that we had last year in this situation. Is he getting this restaurant open and his things running as smoothly as they are open tonight? On Why on Friday. Why not? Yeah. No, he ain't. He's, He's not getting like, this shit done, bro. He's not getting that shit done, bro. That's maybe nine months. That nigga Carmi was leaving cigarettes on the stove and shit, man. Like that nigga was cooking cereal boxes, bro. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> like, we, we forgot how down bad that nigga was season one. He was literally cooking cereal boxes in his sleep. Hey, guess what happened? He started dating a girl and going to therapy. And none of that shit happens no more. Whoa. He started taking care of yourself. He was going to therapy before he, met, before he met Claire. 
I know, no. but I'm saying that nigga was going. It wasn't. I'm saying and he's he still up going to while dating Claire. So I mean, shit. I mean, but the but everyone else around him is actually able to run the restaurant without him because he was, you know, he planned that shit. Here's my beef with Claire. Here's my beef with Claire. Please. Because they're obviously going to get back together. We know this, right? Obviously? I don't know, bro. Seriously? I was like, I think this is about to be Carmen's villain villain origin story, bro. Because this is a feel-good show. This is Ted Lasso with more cussing, bro. This is a feel-good show. They're this not, is nowhere near Ted Lasso. I'd agree with <laughs> like that. Tom, Tom's face. Really, I would a, agree with that. This is like Ted Lasso with way more edge. Yeah, it's a feel-good show, bro. Like, even if you be, like, anxious, like, that shit works out in the end. Like, okay, like, Richie literally turned into a, the the greatest fucking expert yeah, person in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. That episode all you want, but there's plenty of episodes that literally end Terribly, just Terribly. like <laughs> like the overall, the overall thing. No, a we're gonna talk about Marcus's mom dying, like at the ass episode that also happened in this finale. Sydney rejecting him after she's been leading him on for two seasons. Like, where she's been, like, come on, I'm right this is a feel good <laughs> show. Yes, like what? <laughs> the feel good show is to show that black love on screen. Except for no, they show her stiff arming her while she's over here jealous for the white man. That ain't feel good. Brother, these niggas found 300k in tomato cans yeah, in six months, and that shit is a motherfucking hit. It doesn't matter about the personal relationship. The show is about he stole in a loan that they still owe Uncle Jimmy. A show <laughs> about the personal relationships and people overcoming, you know, personal growth of these relationships. Personal growth. That's what it's about. This you is feel good about that shit. These people are you not going to crash and burn you. ever, bro. Like, ever. Like it's yes. season three, they're spiraling. That's my, my take. It's season three, they're spiraling. Bro, we're watching a different show. That get, that bounce back. Y'all got we're succession so, brain. Yeah, they'll spiral for a moment. They'll bounce back. Exactly. We're Sydney's personal growth because Sydney's spiraling. And we're watching it live, and we didn't talk about it for all hours. So, since so we got some time now, yeah, we got some time now because Sydney's over here, out here talking about, hey, I'm going to breakfast, birthday dinner with my mom, bro. Bitch died when you were four. You're you damn twenty eight. <laughs> you did. This is her. This is her journey, bro. This is literally it's gonna be. It's gonna be oh, Sydney. Oh, I want I want Michelin star. She's gonna burn herself out just like Carmi did, and then Carmi gonna be there to pick her back up, and then. And into the next season, like oh, the bear finally gets a Michelin star just because, uh, like that's that's literally how the show works. And if y'all are watching right. the show thinking that like it's a drama and like oh my god, this shit is not gonna happen, like, bro, did you ever think they weren't gonna pass the fire suppression test? Right, bro? like then yeah, y'all must have thought they're gonna fail that test. No, like, y'all must have thought no. they were gonna meet every marker. There's nowhere, there's nowhere to fucking go with the show if they fucking fail the fire suppression. You know test. You want. But I'm thinking, what I'm saying is what I what I think is gonna happen. Old Jimmy money, and now they don't. No one has a job. Yeah, that was clearly not going to happen. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> clearly, because it's a feel good show. Yeah, <laughs> clearly because that because that ends the show. Like, like come on, the way y'all talking, y'all yeah. It's, it's the world now because Carmi broke up with his girl. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. 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 You said it's the end of the world because Sydney's throwing up after on a friend of family night. No, <laughs> y'all are reading into this shit wrong. Look, I literally think I think the restaurant is gonna do great. 
And I, I think Carmen and Sydney's mental and mental and emotional lives are gonna crater into the earth's crust while the restaurant still does great. Like they're going to just pour everything they can into this restaurant and be the most dysfunctional people. And it's going to eat us as viewers. And that's what we were seeing. We were that's finally right. seeing Carmen get some function in his life. And now it's going to spiral back into the dysfunction that led him back to working at the beef and quitting his fucking. And it's just going to be even worse. Man, what's so going to happen? You think losing Claire. So I think them niggas are going to get a Michelin star and the restaurant will be successful. And this nigga will be outrageously unhappy and even in a worse mental space because of it which is what he's been alluding to sydney the whole time and sydney's gonna realize that getting a Michelin star doesn't give her any sense of purpose and she doesn't feel that accomplishment that she's always been striving for from it well i got i got two things based on that but the first one being uh i don't think like just talk about it being a feel-good shows back to that and off what you said the whole spiel at the end kind of points to the fact that him and Sid are going to have a spiral in the moment and like lose their shit to start season three. And what I think is going to happen without getting too long with, I think I mentioned it before. I think they're probably going to pop. And then everyone's probably going to be like, Oh, you think you're too good for this? Oh, you're showing up to work late. You're doing this, whatever. Every it's going to, the relationships are going to be um, damaged to some degree in season three. But Carmi's literally stuck in that for it. Feel good show. But Carmi's stuck in the fridge. And you're like, I don't need anyone. <laughs> I like being anxious. I like the fact that I'll, I just I'm I, hyper-focus. Look, I hyper-focus on one thing. And once I get that done, there is no, I don't need happiness. There is no, uh, in what's called, in execution, there's no happiness or failure, something like that. And that just made it seem like, bro, like, this nigga's really going through it. Y'all gonna sit here and tell me, oh, he found That's out. Ted Lasso? Yes, bro. More like, edge. With way more edge. What you talking about? Bro? It was just as sad, if not sadder, than uh, Richie's episode when Richie's sitting there and uh, having his uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, come to Jesus moment. And now Carmi's having his in the in the refrigerator locker. Y'all, it's like feel good show. Like I just I don't see how that how those two. Nigga, match. when we say feel good show, it don't mean every goddamn moment's feel good. God <laughs> <laughs> nah, damn. Yeah. That is literally a feel good show. There's no it's not a feel good show because something good ended the season. That's insane. That's just oh, it's cool. That's a great I'm not saying that. that's why. I'm saying yeah. it's a feel good show because it makes you feel good and you root for the characters to win. That's the majority of the show. You don't feel good. He's loaded with anxiety and panic and and paranoia and stress. And like we literally talked about hella episodes and like literally like most like 80, 70, 80 percent of these episodes are niggas paranoid and anxious. Overcome every time. Going up on herself, then tell me. Okay, well, <laughs> next season she gonna have a fucking high, and you gonna be like, "Yes, yeah, let's it go." It literally you happens. You okay. don't know. Okay. You don't know. You're making a, a feel good show. She's literally outside losing her mind. Marcus is pissed, trying to put, trying to finish uh, uh his ship. Carmi's stuck in a locker. Richie's about to go back outside and hopefully keep this restaurant from from falling through because no one else yeah. is working right. Now. Richie they, is. Just fire, they just had to fire a crackhead. While all this is happening, Richie is literally leading the charge. New fucking man. Fact has a fucking suit on. Pete is literally stopping Sugar from breaking down. Pete literally been shit on all season, all two seasons. 
He's literally keeping everything together. Sugar, it's going to be okay. Woo, woo. He has the moment of the fucking episode. But because when his girl broke up with him and Sid is throwing up, all hell is fucking broken loose. Fuck out of here. Are they yeah. not the two most important characters of the show? No, not no more. The restaurant, not the restaurant was running with Connie in the freezer. And Sid blowing up. Whoa. And it's the own crack. It's all good. It's a hit. It's a hit. The bear is a hit. <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm so proud of you. This is the one. You said, oh, I didn't know you could do it, but this is the one. Yeah, As she's throwing up by the dumpster. Jimmy, oh, tell Richard, this is the greatest dessert I've ever seen in my fucking life. This shit is a fucking happy, feel-good, warm and fuzzy toe with some anxiety. They had some good, they had some feel-good moments, but this show is not a feel-good show. Yeah, just a couple, just a couple. Just a couple, literally. Literally, literally just a couple. Cool. <laughs> all right. Hey, all right. Drive through the house on Christmas, but this is a feel-good show. Like, it literally is. Brother but. just threw a brother sitting there chopping unk in the head with a fork, but we're feeling good. Happy. <laughs> it is. But hey, look, y'all got it. Have y'all seen Friday Night Lights? I've seen a movie. You got to <laughs> see the show, man. It's just like yeah, it's not a show. The show is better. But all right, yeah, let's get into these. Is actually a feel good show. That's that's completely different. Hey, but the- <laughs> <laughs> very fine comparison. But calling that a feel good show and calling this feel good show, that actually had like good moments to end the show, end the season, end the episode. Everyone was like, "All right, nigga, they, they got a just like you said, Tim Riggins went to college, Lance, you got his girl, we're good." This ain't that. That's all okay. I'm saying. I think it is. I think it will end up being that, but it's just, it's more well done. It's more complex. I you know, I like, these are like real people, you know? I agree. See, my idea, I know I know we're, we're probably getting long winded. It's probably the most we've ever argued. Going to my final thoughts, just watching uh, season one, season two, like in such short period. My idea, my vibe from it, I, it reminded me of an edgier. Um, a uh, master of none and an edgier uh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is obviously a funnier. Um, this show is funny, but this show again is more nuanced. It's more at the end of the day, you're still rooting for the characters, and when they do succeed, which they will, you're gonna feel good about it. AKA feel good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean I'm excited for the the third season. What I expect to happen coming up, I do. I think Tom or Dante, you guys kind of touched on it. I think we are going to see a Carmi and and Sid spiral. And while they're spiraling, I feel like you're going to see the restaurant thrive. You're going to see a lot of a lot of good things coming from their leadership that they bestowed upon, you know, the restaurant and the bear. And at the end, you're going to see either one or both of them pull each uh, each other back up. And we're going to feel great about it at the end. That's what I feel. Season sounds three. damn close to what Dante said, but go ahead. <laughs> yes, sounds real, sounds real close to what I said. And what was your, 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 what was your no, I disagree. Except, except the key component is I don't think both Sydney and Carmen continue on. In I think at by the end of season three, those two will not be like working together. So I just one, I don't. So not a feel good. Like I don't think the not ending is because I said that they're going to pull each other back up and so yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. I don't believe it's a feel. Yeah. So every so what you stuff. what you said before it's that 90, literally ninety percent you just changed the ninety. I was like, yeah, I just changed the last part. Ninety percent of what you said, and then I think the ending is not going to be all 
kumbaya because that's not the show we're watching. (laughs) So I think those two are going to end up finally like splitting. Like we already saw Sydney willing to split season one. We've seen, you know, rumblings of it going to happen. I think they're finally going to realize that those two are just too volatile to be able to work together. And I honestly don't know how many more seasons of this show like will go. I would I think I would enjoy season three being the final season of the bear too. I called y'all I told y'all niggas on succession that season four was gonna be the final one. Now because it's made by FX and network TV and they're gonna try to pump out money, like they might just extend that shit and have it go long like Snowfall shouldn't have been fucking six seasons, but you know, they need their money. So I I hope they don't do that to the show and kind of just like add shit that isn't you know, necessary to just keep the show going. But I feel like, you know, they're and they're going to end up, the show's going to do well, but like both of them are not going to be able to coexist. Like, you know, the bear in the restaurant is going to thrive and get that Michelin star, but both of them are going to be so dysfunctional in that life, in their lives that one of them, you know, has to kind of peace out. But I would give this season probably a nine out of 10. You know, this past season was, you know, was great. Yeah, man. This season was amazing, man. I gotta, I gotta say, you, and yes, I do have some, a couple nits to pick. You know, I thought we was gonna go a little longer, so I was really gonna get in my bag, you know, and kind of nitpick, get a little hating on. But <clears throat> first of all, we were screaming at each other for thirty minutes. I was like, "What do you mean?" I wasn't, I wasn't hating. I was just, I was telling the truth. Yeah, we just like the show makes makes you feel good. Like, that wasn't sad. Like, literally, literally when Pete was like talking to the mom and then talking to Sugar, I was about to cry. I was like, damn, this shit's so fucking sweet, dog. You felt good about that shit about her abandoning her children. (laughs) What's that Pete scene when he's talking to Sugar, bro? Pete literally put that woman back together, bro. (laughs) Like, stop. Yeah, that was a good scene. Oh, yeah, really Pete, Pete fumbling over his words, but it's gonna be okay. Like Donna, don't do this. Like, come on, bro. That's feel good, bro. Like, come on. Yes. Yeah, that's because good. it's like you can you understand the emotion of what they're. That's a, that's a natural human. That's just real. Yes, that's bro. Just, understand every. It's it's real. I'm saying it's real, but I'm saying that is not a fucking feel good moment. Feel good is fucking Hallmark movie shit. Uh, that's no, what I'm no, saying, bro. Like, be <laughs> like feel good. Yes. <laughs> Shit makes you feel good, bro. That doesn't mean it's fucking sunshine and rainbows, but like all kumbaya. Yeah, bro. Like nigga, remember the Titans, nigga. They deal with racism, nigga. I still feel good at the end, nigga. Them niggas didn't lose a game. These niggas been losing. These niggas been losing. They racism. That is losing. These niggas are debt $1.5 million. They had to put the land up as collateral. Nigga, would you rather be in the whole $1.5 million or live in segregated 1971 Alexandria, Virginia, nigga? <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm I'm talking niggas couldn't eat at the restaurant. Oh, Man, I look up your good shows just to find, see if I'm missing something. Because I'm just going off the fact you say this show makes you feel good. I get, I feel, I'm, I'm trying to be as, as, as very straight down as I can be. I think this show is, just like you said, I think it's very realistic. I think all yes. the characters have redeeming qualities. I yes. see the, just like you said, Mike, the nuance that makes you want to root for these characters. I get all that. But a feel-good show, my nigga, is The Good Place, New Girl, Modern Family, 
Friends, Parks and Recreation, Gilmore Girls, The Office, sitcom. This show don't fit nowhere. Yeah, all them, all them fluff, no depth shows. That's all sunshine and rainbows. That's feel good. This show is not that. Those are sitcoms, man. That's different, bro. All right. I mean, I there's I can get you 15 more, but I thought we could just go ahead and hang this up because I think this is- <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to tell you reservation. Yeah, job. Master, Master of None. Master of None. Oh. You think Master of None is a feel? Master, you think is a Master of None's a feel good show? Don't that nigga does that nigga get his bitch no, no, took? No, 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 no. Does she it's move to show. another country? Comfort yeah, show for yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. Feel feel good. Nigga left. She hated that nigga so. That nigga was so messy. She went to another country and left that nigga's ass, bro. That's feel good. He upgraded. Wait, this is supposed to be a. It's a good feel good show, but literally all his hoes left him. He ended up marrying all somebody. of his hoes. Like bro. these niggas are just talking, bro. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. Niggas, hey, niggas are liars, bro. The crazy <laughs> thing is, <laughs> we started so before this pod. Me and Tom were screaming at each other. Now we teamed up wrong. against you, niggas. That's now how you we are teamed up. Oh my goodness! Crazy, this is a crazy yeah, turn of events. Man, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, Instagram. Is it? What's your? Is this a feel good show? And these gonna be facts. Like, yeah, put, put, put the poll on the man gossip, bro. Let the viewers decide. Is this a feel good show, bro? I'm gonna let the streets decide. Say let less. the streets decide, bro. Say less, man. Y'all want to get a quick MVP, LVP, six man newcomer, or are we done? Nah, let it fly. I'm, I'm all right, turned up now. We'll get some more takes off. Man, fuck the bullshit, mm-hmm. nigga. All right. I mean, MVP, is, is MVP, not the MVP. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Uncle Uncle Jimmy, man. Hey, the money man. Not, money not man, nigga. This nigga had the the line of the season. You want to be the guy? Then be the fucking guy. guy. Be the fucking guy. Hey, man. Love that man, Uncle Jimmy. Yeah, man, exactly. I can be my uncle any day. Hey, question: Is that nigga? Does that nigga? Is he with the mob or or what's up? That's what I'm saying. It seems very, so, very. He he like affiliated. That nigga yeah. affiliated. We'll say that at the very least. Okay, he's a good. Like, he does move very much like a don. Like you know, his businesses might be legitimate now, but they wasn't always. So we'll say that, bro. Because that nigga over here getting county codes and everything. Oh, we just go to Uncle Jimmy. And he is, that something, is that something I can help you with? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, that that nigga is very much mob affiliated, but I get an MVP to Richie, man. Richie True. held it down, had a I get had a, I turn really got, I get an MVP to Richie. Yeah, like Richie. Sue me. I'm giving it to Carmi. You got it. You got that, it the, hey, and, uh, MVP <laughs> that scored five <laughs> points in the in the final in game seven. Not he yeah. could be an MVP, but not a closer. I can understand those two things can be true at once. <laughs> All right, who y'all got for MVP? Got done without uh, without well, we can and we can get back in my Claire bag, but like I said, I think Carmi showed some growth this this year, and he got the job done. Like I said, the, the original timeline was nine months. He got it done less than that. Got everybody Six, some yeah. uh, credentials. Unfortunately, his life's in shambles. So, <laughs> so in shambles. hey, LVP Sid Claire Ebra. Sheesh. Yeah, last LVP is probably my favorite character, Sid. Damn, Ebra, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I just told you that nigga's storyline was irrelevant to me. 
so least valuable. Least valuable. Right, so, like, here's my thing with Sid. All right, you was you was on this nigga Carmi's dick, season one. Oh, you're the best chef ever. Oh, you're the best chef ever. Okay, thank you. Now shut the fuck up and do what the hell and I say. And do what the hell I say, bitch. Why you think you you're my peer? That is wild, like bro, like bitch. You are a sous chef, like you are not my peer, bro. That's where Carmi fucked up, you know, doing the partnership thing. I mean, I love Sid. I'm sure she could cook. You know, I'm not I'm not really a potato chip omelet kind of guy. But I'm sure she got some talent in the kitchen. Let Carmi cook, bro. Just let him do it. Literally. <laughs> let him cook. Literally. <laughs> let me wait. Let me get one more sit ball before we go to six man and whatever the last yeah, I think, and I mean this isn't like a whole in-depth analysis, but I think Sid's whole thing is like she clearly has a rift, like a uh difficult relationship with her pops. Mom's gone. The only person who gives her the re- the only thing she cares about is cooking and like her career as a chef, this restaurant, and the only person giving her any kind of uh like uh, what's her validation? Name? Validation, yeah, mm-hmm. is Carmi. So like she's now developed like a crush on Carmi or something like that. So like you know, it may not be like a real crush, but she just l- likes getting that from him. So whenever she does it, she's like, "Well, Carmi, uh, what if we well trying to get more?" She's just pulling. He's just like, "Yo, what did you want? Like, get back to work." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why I feel like they're having like a a rift here. But I mean, I every know. time I see Sid, I just think of that meme, bro. Like, whoa, 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 girl, you got a little too much dip on your chip now. <laughs> like, like, come on. She just always biting off more than she can chew and really like know your role, girl. Like you you third, fourth option as best. Like the star <laughs> is the star. <laughs> like, come I on, know, bro. Jordan Poole, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, I know I- your role. I will say, man, I do love Io Edebiri as as an actress. I think she's like just the most like normal, and like I mean this in the best way possible. Like she's just the most normal like person on TV. Like she she legit just talks like a normal person. Like she'll say like and uh and like I don't know if it's written in the script like that, but like that's how a twenty eight year old girl talks. And I'm glad she's mm-hmm. not ripping off like crazy monologues. And shit like that because nobody fucking talks like that for real. And sometimes really the monologues, they lose me. And she leans into the her awkwardness, which is like yeah. natural. She, she like might be on the spectrum, honestly. Like that's she's like social autism or something. Cause she like again, shout out to the actress who plays her, but she is weird in the show. Yeah, yeah, check she her stand up out. She's she's very much like Bro, that. She's, like, she's a comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so weird. Yeah, yeah. She's she's very much like that, but probably worse, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, but hey, it's a good stand up. All right, so six man of the year. This has got to be an easy one. That's my cool. I'm going with I'm the going fact, with man. Faz? Fact. 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 Yeah. Fact. fact. I was going to say, I'm, I was probably going to go fact myself. I'll go <laughs> fact myself. Fuck with fact. Crazy man. Hey, and then Claire. Yuck, nigga. Respect. Claire. I gave it to Richie for the same reason I had to give uh Carmi MVP because Richie like six man like we was we was down bad and like you came in and clutched it for us on uh 
on the yeah, final yeah. episode on, on Game Man, I'm so. clean. Richie is a starter, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that nigga was not coming off the bench. You get you get your own and you get your, yeah. He's part of the death lineup. He was Richie was Finals MVP ready. Richie Iguodala, bro. Richie Iguodala. That's what we could call him. Richie was on the bench all season one and half half of season two. All right, and now he came up most improved. Player and Finals MVP. Damn, nigga got two awards. Like like Max Kellerman said, a laser beam, alien, <laughs> one shot on the line. I want Iguodala. <laughs> no, fact, everybody else folded. Shit, throwing up, niggas doing meth. Carmi in the in the meat locker. Hey, Rich, I want Richie, nigga. That nigga got fired for that statement. That's crazy. I was that's why I got fired, probably. You can save that for another pod. Newcomer of the year. Rookie of the year. This is someone that was not in season one. Mm. I mean, my my obviously Will Poulter. But I don't remember his character's name. Luca, was it Luca, right? Yeah. Is that yeah, is Luca. that uh, what's her name's husband? The cousin's cousin or cousin's husband? No, no, no. The guy from Noma. The guy from oh, Noma. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy from Noma. I would probably no, put yeah, Chef yeah. Terry, man, because that that scene with Chef Terry was so pivotal. I think in in you know uh, Richie's yeah. development and right and then like to to understand like hey you see the picture of like what she must have meant to both Carmi and Luca so I think you know Chef Terry was like you know she she had maybe a few minutes of screen time and I thought it was such a powerful scene yeah I, 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 don't, I don't I have to go with the mom man because mm. Jamie Lee Curtis every scene she was, there, she was powerful man yeah. even 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 on opening or uh, the family and friends night like, she was acting her ass off like for, yeah, the, for those like five minutes like yo I was like I forgot Jamie Lee Curtis really is really is her like that so <laughs> yeah she was getting I, I don't think I mean I, I like Jamie Lee Curtis as much as any normal person likes Jamie Lee Curtis um <laughs> but at the same time like I think you could have plug and played like a lot of people in in that in the mom role. So like I don't mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say yeah. that she like stole the show from me. Same it thing was for Claire. Claire. Huh? Facts. Same thing for Claire. Fair. Right. I, Fair. I, I like liked it. Claire. Yeah. Yeah, we need to do another pod where we, we replace Jamie Lee Curtis because me and Tom got into a bag talking about that uh like last week. <laughs> Hey, I'll do respect, but I could have I could have went in a different direction, man. That's all I'm gonna say, man. That's all I'm gonna say. Hey, just anytime you need a mom role, just give me the chick from Ted Lasso. Give me the chick. Give me Carolyn from the Succession. Like, just insert her, bro. She be cooking as somebody's crazy. Uh, no. <laughs> no, that would have took us over the moon. <laughs> I was like, now that I was like, now that would have cooked, bro. All right, hey. So, final category. Needs more minutes next season. I'm going to go with my man Pete, man. Bring my nigga Pete off the bench. We need that sentimental touch. We need just a good guy just to balance everybody out. Yeah. Let him work at the restaurant. I don't know. They're going to bring him into the like fold somehow. Like I said, he's more minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Pete. I think my, I think my more PT, I think this is where I'm going to have to plug in fact. Cause I feel like he's got some. They right. use him too much for funny. Like I feel like he's probably got some real shit going on too. So like, let's see, let's, let's see what that got. Uh, if they made him more of a rounded out character, I think that would like if we got a fact app 
He's the real chef, Maddie Matheson. He's the oh word. Yeah, his cooking inspires the the show. So I want them to let Fat cook, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who needs more minutes, man. Um, who you got, Tom? Who you say? I said Fat. Who'd you say, Dante? Um, see, because that's a good that's a good question. I guess that is a good question. That. It damn sure ain't he, bro. Uh, <laughs> get that guy! Get that guy out of here! Just, just, just got to got an ep today. Excuse me, not an ep today, but like got a, a specific ep this season. Yeah, I'm trying to exclude everybody that got their own ep. Like <laughs> Tina got her own ep. Marcus got her own ep. Richie, you know, Carmi, Sydney. So well, it's like letting Sid cook. Like I said, that's probably my favorite person on the let, show. Let sugar cook, man. Let, let sugar get some let's, more PT. That man. that would be yes. I will go there. Let, let sugar some. get some more PT because I think sugar's going through a lot, bro. Like imagine the pressure that she's feeling from food. about yeah. to be a new mom, and then like you know with the complex relationship that she has with her with own her mom. mom. Like if we if we layered on an episode of that, that's actually a great one. Let sugar cook. Hey, if they ever, if, if she ever repairs her relationship with her mom, that'll be the most feel good. Shit. <laughs> oh my goodness! I don't want to hear nothing. That ship has sailed, my guy. She is in her thirties. That's a feel good moment. That's it. Hey, when you have enough feel good yeah. moments, yeah. literally, yeah, y'all are mistaking a feel good, feel good moment. For a feel good show, those are two different things, bro. Literally listed twelve. In yeah. We're trying to force this show in there, so all right. All right, man. We could talk about the feel good thing offline, but you know, we we've held you guys' attention long enough. If you've been rocking with us for this hour twenty eight and twenty seven and counting, man, thank you so much. Keep listening. Let us know. Let us know on Man Gaza Instagram whether or not the Bear is a feel good show. We're going to have to poll up for y'all when this drops. Until next time, it's been an absolute thrill talking to y'all. I'm KP. Mikey Dimes. D-Wild. Scotty Tourer. Keep on hating, everybody. We out. Peace.